Hi, friends, and thank you for joining me as we journey through another episode of Hacking Happiness. My name is DJ Jeffries, and I'm the host of this podcast. Now, today's episode is a continuation of an episode that we did last year, and there were four pillars of happiness that we discussed, and today we'll be taking on the remaining two. Just to give a little bit of background, we looked at an article that was written by Emily Asfahani Smith, who is the author of The Power of Meaning, Creating a Life That Matters. And she argues that there are four pillars to happiness. The first is belonging. The second is purpose, both of which we discussed in the last episode of this podcast. Today, we'll be looking at two different ones. We'll be looking at storytelling and transcendence. So, for today's segment, we'll be listening to a story from Megan Morgenstern who posted a video on YouTube called How Meditation Changed My Life. And the reason I wanted to share that is because, firstly, it's a very powerful story. But secondly, it ties into both of the pillars that we are learning about today. So without further ado, here's Megan's story. I wanted to talk about meditation um, tonight. It's quite late. I've been out at the gym and then I've been pottering and I just want to jump on before I collapse. And um, Yeah, it's been in the back of my mind. I've got to do meditation for the crew on YouTube because... Um, it's such a huge, wonderful, helpful thing for your weight loss and your self-esteem and focusing your life and getting rid of the addictions and getting clear about what you want and protecting your boundaries and should I stop now? <laughs> um, as I've said before, a year ago I was in a pretty bad way, I was um, in a lot of pain both physically and emotionally, I had medical problems relationship problem and uh, I um, had depression because of all that stuff and I'd been on medication for six months for uh, depression and also quite heavy painkillers. I was on about eight super strong painkillers every day, sometimes more. And I was really just wanting to sleep all the time and um, it was just after last Christmas I was pretty down and I was walking in the garden and a voice in my head said you're better than this and it really I know that sounds pretty naff and new age but that's how it was and um, it, I started thinking what that what you're better than this meant to me is you've got to take charge and take control of this thing um, I was still looking at medication or doctors or or therapists or people to kind of help me fix it. I was quite afraid of confronting whatever it was. And um, yeah, it was just realizing that no, nobody, nothing on the outside was going to help me. It was only the person in here that was going to help me. So I started meditating every day and that led to last March, I did a 10 day retreat in meditation. That was a very extreme retreat. It was, you weren't allowed to speak to anyone, talk to anyone, look at anyone, read anything, use your phone, no dinner, 
get up at four in the morning. It was just really full-on. I recommend it for everyone. And I can't believe I'm going to do it again in a couple of weeks. I've decided I'm going to do another one. Um, I'm going to regret it. But, um, but no, it, 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 what it gave me, I don't think everyone has to do it that way, but what it gave me was it, forced, it pushed me into that daily discipline and that's really when things changed for me because that's when I went, okay, I, this year I have to get it together. Um, I really have to get it together. And, you know, a lot of the problems I had back then also were chronic insomnia. I was, for years, I was waking up three times a night, eating food often to put myself back to sleep, which was terrible for weight loss. Um, pain, of course, and, and lots of depression, and um, inability to focus. I found it very difficult and hard to focus on things. Um, just other stuff, and I, I guess more than anything, being a victim to my own negative thinking. Um, <clears throat> and since then, I, I, I don't have insomnia at all anymore. I sleep straight through, um, unless I stay up doing videos. <laughs> um, I wake up normally between 6.30 and 7.30, naturally, with energy every day. Um, I, I don't, my pain is, is right down, I don't take painkillers, I don't take any medication for depression, I hardly ever have depression. When I do have depression, I tend to sit with it straight away and it disappears pretty quickly. Um, yeah, so, but on the weight loss, um, my appetite has shrunk. I never eat at night anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to go to sleep with that horrible stomach full of food, digesting, yucky nighttime thing. I normally finish eating by five or six every day. My food cravings, like I never was never a binger, but there was occasional, you know, moments. I hardly ever have them. This this food I don't even want at the moment, like heavy bakery food or whatever, whereas I was having it every day before. So, yeah, it's, it's really, really changed my life. But it's, it's like exercise, it's like going to the gym, you, you, it's a skill and you have to practice it. And like any skill in the beginning, it's, it's a bit difficult, it's a bit challenging. Um, I think meditation is a dirty word to some people because it's got connotations of spirituality or religion or whatever or it just seems really boring um, but you find just like the gym that after a while it actually becomes really enjoyable and you realize it makes you feel good so what I do um, I mean meditation wasn't new for me I had actually lived in meditation centers and I studied meditation and meditation was part of the study I did when I got my counseling qualifications and but I, I, I was always doing it in a much too complicated way and without the commitment and the daily discipline and that's why I had never really done anything for me. And, um, the method I use now is quite common and quite old, which is just to observe the breath coming in and out through your nose and what you're really observing is the sensations, like the feeling of the coldness of the breath or the heat or the tingling or the itching or the prickling or whatever in this area as it comes in and out of your nose. Um, 
And while you're doing that, you're not trying to control it. You're not trying to take a deep breath. A lot of people breathe deeply doing meditation, and that's just really distracting and exhausting and hyperventilating. Um, you're just kind of letting it come in naturally, and you're just observing. And as that's going on, of course, your thoughts are going to come in, and they're going to try and distract you and lead you away like naughty children. And you try and learn to just observe those thoughts and let them be. You don't try and do anything to them. You don't try and make them good or bad thoughts. You don't try and push them away. You don't try and hang on to them. Um, you certainly don't try and hide from them. Um, and then the third, after a while, what you get used to is realizing that around those thoughts, there are feelings that you probably have and learning to do the same thing with feelings, just, just accepting them without changing them or reacting to them or hanging on to them or pushing them away or hiding from them. We've done that enough times that all those thoughts and feelings lose their power over you. They, um, the more you don't react to them or hang on to them, they just kind of lose their power and drift off or, or become useless, powerless. Um, and, and that's a really amazing feeling when you start to see that happening. It's, it's just, it's fantastic. Um, it, it kind of impacts into other things in your life, like confrontations with group people don't affect you as much and having to wait for things doesn't affect you at all anymore. And, um, trying to be clear with people, you just have more of an ability to sit back and wait and speak your mind rather than reacting out all the time. Um, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic thing. When I was at the worst of it, I was part of an online community, people with health problems, pain management, depression and anxiety and it had a list on this side of all that, <coughs> excuse me, uh, that you can get like um, doctors and medication and counselling and uh, massage, the whole lot and then it, it had a percentage of all the users on this site and there was loads and what the percentage of how useful they had found things and people said that meditation was 90% effective um, with helping them with stuff like depression and food issues and um, because it, it kind of brings you back in on yourself and in terms of food and dieting you're more in touch with your, what you're really wanting to eat or not and, and what your body really feels like or doesn't feel like or your needs you know, I think meditation helps you gain control of your needs and in the last year I've, I've given up so many things that I, I used as crutches such as sugar and Never a big drinker, but I still have about five drinks a week. I don't have any alcohol at the moment. Um, you know, it's just the need, the need, the need that people in the modern world have dissipates. Everyone's just running around trying to avoid themselves and watch loads of TV or drink loads of alcohol or smoke loads of cigarettes. Or, um, and it's all just kind of not wanting to just sit with yourself. And, and you see the uh, traffic light where, you know, the 
traffic's delayed for a minute or two and, and people start going bonkers because they can't sit with themselves for that long um, in, a, in a confined space. And, you know, it's a real problem in the world today. And um, you'll find that if you do try and start with it just a short period every day, 20 minutes or something, and then increase it, um, you will find a big difference if your relationship with food and exercise and, and other stuff in your life. And, and I really, really generally hope that you do, and especially people with depression, because um, I, I hardly ever get depression anymore. And, it's, and when I do, I, I almost always know how to deal with it. And it's completely because of doing the meditation. And the meditation is what led to this recent big success I've had with weight loss. Um, it, it led me into that. It wasn't the other way around. So, so I hope that was good. And um, yeah, I hope you're fantastic. And I'm fantastic. And we're all fantastic and everything's fantastic. <laughs> I'll see you again. Bye. So I am really grateful that I got to hear that story, but I want to talk a little bit about why I decided to include it in today's episode. So as I mentioned before, it did encompass storytelling, which is very important to us as beings. Um, and also the idea of transcendence. So I want to talk about what the article says on storytelling, going back to the Four Pillars article, the article says that all of us are storytellers whether we, whether we realize it or not. And I would go as so far as to say that not only are we storytellers, but we're story crafters, we're writers, and we are always actively writing our reality as much as we are reading our reality or telling our reality. Um, so we're active participants as well as creators. And that's why storytelling is so important to us because we write the stories that become our lives. And the way we do that can have a strong impact on whether or not we feel happy or not. The second reason, transcendence, was a little harder for me to grasp initially. So I, I immediately thought about religion. And I was like, that can't be right. Like, you don't have to be religious to be happy. And that's certainly true for some people. But what transcended in the article, what she's arguing is that we all have the capacity to make meaning in our lives and to join together to create 
culture that transcends our current situations. And having that sense of purpose, that sense of transcending your everyday reality gives us something to look forward to, helps us feel more connected, and helps us see how tiny our existence is in comparison to the vast world that we live in. Now I want to talk a little bit about Megan's story because it was so powerful. For her, meditation allowed her to transcend what her reality had been. For you, it might not be meditation. For me, it might not be meditation. I try my best to practice meditation and I am more peaceful when I meditate. But I also have a spiritual practice. Um, I pray, I'm a Christian. And so that helps me as well because I can feel connected to the community that I worship with as well as to the God that I believe in, which is very important to me. So this episode concludes the, the two-part series where we talked about the four pillars of happiness as described by the, art, the author Emily Estefani Smith. Just to go over that one more time, they were belonging, as in we all need to feel a part of something, to purpose, as if we all need goals or something that motivates us, some kind of direction. Three, storytelling, as if we are all active participants and creators of our story and stories that we write become our reality. And four, transcendence, which is we have a natural desire to feel connected to something vast and meaningful and sometimes bigger than ourselves. And I think these are strong starting points. And each of these are things that we can ascribe to incorporate into our lives more solidly. And hopefully over time we'll start to realize that we are feeling more and more happy. As always, thank you for joining me. My name is DJ. And this is Hacking Happiness.